Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Creating the Future, and uh, welcome back to a conversation I've been having with Pastor Ken McAnulty uh, about the future of America and is America collapsing around us right now as we speak, and if it is, why? And I hope you enjoyed part one of this conversation. Uh, We are going to jump directly into part two. And I do want to remind you that if you think this is worthy, uh, if you think this is something good, do me a favor and let's share it. Let's get the word out and uh, let's begin to be salt and light in this world as we create a better future. All right, God bless you. Let's jump right into this conversation. Well, I think we saw it, uh, you know, in, in just what's happened in our nation right now. I mean, could you ever have imagined our capital building being invaded, not by right. a foreign country, right. but by Americans who's, who claim to love this country. Yeah. I, it's mind boggling, yeah. but, but it's this idea of this seems right to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do it. Right. Th- it seems right for me to loot. So I'm going to do it. Right. It's right for me. And, and that's the perception. That's the idea of what behavior has become and the mm-hmm. foundation of behavior mm-hmm. you know our belief system produces a behavior and so now we're seeing the fruit of it we're seeing the result right. of it so so and here's the big question this is what we have to grapple with in the world that we live in now if you're listening to this you probably are in some kind of agreement with me and pastor ken but you're going to be in a world where people aren't right Here, here's the question what's wrong with it looting would help me if i can steal and get away with it it helps me what is wrong with that? Apart from a constant morality, you're not going to find something wrong with that. Right. <laughs> and so we live in this world and they haven't been taught this morality. They don't know why they would have it. So therefore they're just told to do it, but then there's no reason to do it. But right. that, that echoes into reverberates into all kinds of places in our world. Every all over place. The place, every place. Yeah. So politics, why should I not lie? Right. Why should I not lie if it gets me into the office or makes me more successful? Why should I not sleep around? Why should I not do what I want to? In the scientific world, why should I not lie about the science of something in order to to elevate my place? Why should there be an ethic in science that says I need to be trustworthy with my work? Why shouldn't I plagiarize and steal from other people if it helps me if I step on them? That is survival of the fittest. And that's what we're living in right now. And it's because we have stepped out of the Christian ethic. And, and that's the place that things begin to crumble. So let me tell you, as, as a believer, the temptation, or as a person, as a regular person, is just yeah. to be frightened, mm-hmm. to not know what to do, or to, to, to invert in on myself, to become monastic and just go and live by myself, find an <laughs> island. To Canada. I've yeah. seen a couple posts recently, people right. moving to Canada. Yeah. Move to Canada or find an island and buy an island and we can all move and commune there and be, you know, build our own little commune. But I don't think that's the way that, that we're supposed to respond. So how does a person who understands this concept really respond to that idea? How do we interact with that in a correct way? Um, you know, as a Christian, we're supposed to be a change bringer. Mm-hmm. How, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's a great question. So we got to get to the place that we get rid of the nationalism that's in the Christian heart, mm. where that Christians 
have somehow indoctrinated Christianity into nationalism and into Trumpism a lot lately mm -hmm. so that they cannot separate the two. Wow. I don't know. This is going to hurt some people's feelings and you may not like me for saying this. I don't know. I don't know that America can be saved. I don't know that God's interested in saving America. Wow. That might hurt a lot of people's feelings. You might disagree with that. You're welcome to disagree with yeah. that. Because God can raise up nations anytime, yeah. anywhere, any place. In fact, it's interesting to me that in China, the nation that seems to be growing right now off of our debt, Christianity is growing in China faster than any other nation. And there's right. all these studies that say that in, in, you know, I think it's 30 years or something like that, that they will be a majority Christian nation in communist China. Listen, God's got these amazing chess pieces and he moves them around <laughs> as he wants. And when we choose to walk away from him, he will choose to raise somebody else up. Yeah. You know, yeah. every time there's a Saul, there's a David coming right, right behind him. Right. God will, God will use who he chooses to use. And so don't get this idea that we are God's people and God's going to only use America and God has blessed America. He has blessed America, but he blessed America because we blessed God. He blessed right. America because we put God at the center of it. It's the kingdom. The, yeah. the, it's the kingdom. You, you, you humble yourself. You, you surrender yourself over to the king for the blessing of the king. We were submitted to the king. Now we're not as a, as a, at large. And so, so what do we do? What we're dealing with right now is like a cancer mm -hmm. and it is attacking the very cells that are healthy. The unhealthy cells are attacking the cells. And so I, I know what people want me to say, and it is very true. Pray, repent, blah, blah, that, That's true, but I don't want to go there first. I want to say this. Romans chapter one, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Right. We're going to face some things in the next few years where you're going to have to decide if you're ashamed of the gospel wow. and how to respond to it. Wow. So yeah, pray. Yes. Repent. You know, yes. Yes. Seek the face of God. Yes. Humble yourself. We got to do those things, but you better understand why you believe what you believe. Yeah. This is a time for apologetics. And I know some people won't even know what that term means, but it basically means defending your argument, defending your, the faith that you have. This is a time where you need to know Christian apologetics more than yeah. you've ever needed to know it. Because the same people who just came out of a closet are about to try to put you into a closet. Right. And you may or may not win the ultimate battle because of the largeness of it, but you better know what you believe or you will lose your belief. Right. Know what your faith comes from or you will end up losing your faith because the pressure that's going to come against us is big. It, 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 it's incredible. And we got to know what we believe. So I, I would start with that for saying what to do. Um, and that's also how you explain it to other people. In the right. middle of a shaking, uh, you have a moment where people will look around and go, this isn't working. The secular humanist idea, I thought this was supposed to create a utopia. Things were supposed to be so great. This isn't working. Mm -hmm. uh, people have replaced, uh, Americans have replaced the church in the religion aspect with a governmental aspect. At some point, they will look at their new pastors, the politicians, and right. say, I don't trust them anymore. Even the Democrats looking at Democrats and Republicans looking at Republicans going, this isn't working. They're I don't, doing it now. <laughs> I don't trust this anymore. The whole system is failing before our eyes. Yeah. Um, at some point, people are going to look like that. And, and you're right. They're probably doing it now. At some, people, at some point, people are going to look like that. And they're going to look around for who they can trust. Hmm. They're going to look around for who is stable in the middle of unstable times. Who is certain in the middle of uncertain times? And that's the place, and I've been preaching this for a while now, you, you know this, I've yeah. said it so many times. That's the place where Christians become, once again, a city on a hill. 
Right. We become a lighthouse for right. our community. We become that very thing that we were always meant to become. But in years past, we lived in a Christian America. And so you really didn't stand out. Your Christian ethics, your Christian values didn't stand out that much because even if people weren't believers, they you know, had those Christian values. That's what we started out talking about, right? But now as we live in a world without Christian values, you will stand out if you hold strong to the Christian values. That's good. But they will be harder to hold strong to than they've ever been because they will be attacked because like cancerous cells attacking the healthy cells, your cancerous America is going to attack the very thing that could bring healing to America. And you have to stay strong. We have to stay strong. And we have to be able to articulate why we believe what we believe, because it is going to be attacked uh, probably like we've never seen it attacked before. And, uh, and that really leads to the, to that fall of America. And then, then you certainly do have, we need to be praying and we need to repenting and we need to be humbling ourselves. Uh, I, I posted this, um, this is part of the answer. I said, what is the problem with America? I am. Right. Until every one of us starts answering that way, we got a problem, right? You know, the, the great philosopher, Michael Jackson, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. Right. That's where it starts at. Well, I think it's this, this recognition of what you're saying that, you know what, I, I have to, I have to solidify myself. I have to find my foundation. And, and so that calls me to take my steps. I can't find my foundation by depending on the government, by depending on the pastor, the church, my neighbor, anybody else. I need to find my foundation. And that means that I have to study. I have to dig in. I have to take time. I have to pray. Mm -hmm. I have to repent. The weight falls on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fall on somebody else's shoulder. And, Mm -hmm. And that's the excuse that I think that we've ridden for so long. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're in the situation that we're in today, because we've pushed away personal responsibility. Yeah. But it's time for me to step up and say, okay, I've got to sit down and I've got to discipline myself to to read my Bible. When I find something that's interesting or unique, I need to go and do extra study about it so that I can become that person who can talk about it. When I find a friend who's going through something, I need to find out about it. I need to study about it so I can speak to it. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't have a voice there, if I don't use my voice, and the only way I can use my voice is if I do the research and study and become prepared, then then what use am I? I'm not salt. I'm not light. Right. So we, we've got to take responsibility. We've got to get, get out there and do the practical things. And that means a daily discipline of, you know, what am I doing today that makes me better than yesterday? Yeah. What am I going to do tomorrow yeah. that makes me better than today? Mm-hmm. How much time am I spending today so that I can, so that I can do something that's better tomorrow? Yeah. So how do we create a better future? Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to create those disciplines. One of the issues that we're facing in America today, because we have compounding problems, is that we're not taking responsibility for things. We've actually been taught for a long time not to take responsibility for things. Um, And that's created a very fragile generation coming up Mm -hmm. uh, uh, behind us. Um, This is being seen on on college campuses like crazy. Mm -hmm. This is part of the cancel culture that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Anything that offends me, I can't handle it. I have to cancel it instead of learning how to have dialogue, instead of having the inner integrity, meaning strength, inner integral strength, uh, to actually have conversations with people. I just have right. to cancel it or, or, and I have to give it up to the government. If right. you go back to, to raising kids, uh, a tremendous shift happened a while back where we taught kids. It's not safe to play outside alone. It's not safe to do these things. And so for a long time now, uh, kids don't travel the neighborhoods. If you go back to, um, 
1979. I was born in 77. You were what? 75. 75. Okay. 1975 in the kindergarten manual, uh, it actually said that kids should know how by in kindergarten, part of the understanding was they should be able to know, I believe it was five blocks away from their house, how to get home and how to ask a stranger how to get home. Things like that from five blocks away. Wow. You say that to a parent now, you've lost your mind. Right. Even though we actually live in an America that's as safe right now as it was in the 1960s. Right. (laughs) For kids. But we don't. So now we're teaching kids to always be in fear that something out there is going to get you. Something out there. And so what we've done is we put kids in the backyard, let them play, let them do their thing. But we are now out there with them all the time. Right. So when I was a kid, you're you're probably the same way. We would play in the sandlot, so to speak. We played with neighbor kids. We played with whoever. Mom wasn't there. Dad wasn't there. Right. Right. Uh, And and so if there was an issue with somebody, if we had to solve it, we had to solve the issue. Right. Yeah. If if me and Ken are playing football and Ken gets mad at me and he says, I'm not playing football anymore. If I want to play football and I need Ken to play football, I have to learn how to communicate with Ken. I need to learn how to resolve conflict with Ken in order to keep my football game going. Yeah. Look what happens nowadays. Kids are playing football in the backyard. They have a conflict. What do they do? Run to mom or dad or whoever, whoever's up there. Mom, Ken says he won't play with me anymore. And then mom's going, okay, Ken, you got to play, you know, whatever. So now we have taught our children, one, you cannot resolve conflict with, your, with each other. Right. So how does that happen? Cancel culture. Just cancel it. I don't know how to resolve anything. Or cancel it. Resolves it for you. Well, that's the next step. So one, <laughs> cancel it. I can't deal with it. Secondly, I have to go to a new authority right. to solve my problem. Maybe the greatest example of this, and, and I always get in trouble when I say this, but I'll keep saying it, is bullying. When I was a kid, if somebody was bullying somebody, the other kids stuck up for that kid that was getting bullied. Right. I mean, that's the way. I saw it happen in my life. I was oftentimes the one who stuck up for the kid getting bullied. Right. I stopped it. Nobody ever said, go tell a teacher. Right. Nobody ever said, go tell a parent. Like, why would you go tell the parent? Why would you go tell the teacher? Right. Was that the way it was when you were growing up? That's the only fight I got into in elementary school was because yeah. somebody was bullying my brother. Right. And I stuck up for him. Right. And so that, that was the fight that I got into. But, but you can't do that now. My God, right. if you did that now, that would be the end of the world. Like, you know. Right. And so you see this played out where somebody has now violated me in some way, or I feel like they violated me. So what do I do? Cancel culture. Shut it down. Shut it down. I'm done. Shut it down. It's got to be over. Shut it down. I can't tolerate this. Why? Because we've never learned inter- interpersonal skills of resolving conflict, of working mm-hmm. together, of disagreement, but actually coming out to a, to a resolved place at the end where we can still play together and we can still be friends. And the other thing we do is call on the government or call on somebody right. else or hire an attorney to sue somebody or whatever and call on somebody else. Well, well, those, I mean, that's a little different than the Christian value issue, but that's the generation we just raised. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing happen in front of our eyes right now. The government needs to fix every one of our problems. I thought I was supposed to fix the problem. Now we're being told the government needs to fix the problem. Wow. And that goes back to this. What's the problem with America? I am. Right. Don't blame that generation. We raised that generation. It's our fault. Yep. Don't blame somebody else. Own the responsibility of where we are and the responsibility of pressing forward and actually making change. Raise your kids differently this generation for crying out loud. What's the difference between being a leader and a follower? And unfortunately, yeah. we have a lot of people. I think all of us are called to be a leader in some sphere. Right. Uh, at the very least, we're supposed to lead ourselves. But I think too often we follow even in that aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we figure out who we can follow. And I'm going to follow this entertainment personality. I'm going to follow this sports athlete. Right. I'm going to follow this politician. 
man, when's the last time we led ourselves? Right. You know, be a be a leader. Right. Leading myself means that I'm taking responsibility for me, and it's not LeBron James's issue that I'm not doing this <laughs> or not rich enough, and it's not the president's issue that I'm not doing this, and it's not anybody else's issue. It's mine because I'm leading myself. I said this the other day. It's not a popular thing to say, although it used to be common knowledge. You, for the most part in life, with few exceptions, you get what you deserve. Now, sometimes people get cancer. Sometimes things happen that are out of our control. Car accident happens and, you know, you lose your legs. Sometimes those things happen. But by and large, let that sink in. We get what we deserve. Yeah. Um, especially in the United States of America where we live in a free country. So when somebody sits back and complains that somebody's making more money, I bet you anything, they went to school longer. Yeah. They chose to sacrifice times when, when we were partying in school and acting the fool and doing stupid stuff. Yeah. They chose to actually stay indoors and study. They chose to do yeah. these things. Uh, you know, anybody, you, you generally, now it's not a perfect rule, but, but the vast majority of time you get what you my wife said the same thing for many years. She just says it a little bit different. She says, you get what you really want. Yeah. Um, because if you really want something, you're going to do the details. You're going to take the effort in order to get what it is that you want. Yeah. So if you want the great job, you're going to go to school and you're going to put in the effort and you're going to do the work and show up early and all these things that require for you to get the job. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. I've seen it work out yeah. in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so don't complain. You don't have what you don't have. Go right. get it. Go get it. Um, who told you you're not good enough? Who told you you can't? So anyway, so, so that's part of that mindset that permeates our society that causes significant problems. And we're being raised like that as kids, that we are all exceptional, that we're all amazing. You're not. We're not all exceptional. We're not all LeBron James. We're not all Michael Jordan. Come on, give me a break. We're not all Tom Brady. Stop this nonsense. I know they, all, I know they gave everybody a trophy, but you're not all that great. <laughs> um, God has designed you for something. Go chase that something down. And be okay with not being good at everything else, right. um, you know, and, and make the best of what you can make it out to be. But, but take control of your own life. Don't let, don't let the, don't put that responsibility on the government. Um, don't run from hardship. Right. We live in a culture right now that's running from anything hard. Uh, and we don't want to, we don't want to pay the dues to get the outcomes. Um, don't run from hardship. I think the most beautiful things that we can get are on the other side of hardship. And so that makes no sense. Why are we running from hardship? The most beautiful things that I have have followed hardship. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not easy. In fact, my wife first turned me down when I asked her out. That was hardship. <laughs> yeah. But I, I pursued and, <coughs> and have now, I'll be celebrating 25 years of marriage this year. Yeah. And so it, it was because I pursued through hardship. Uh, and, and there are all kinds of stories in my life about that. The most beautiful things that I have are, yeah. have come out of hardship and come yeah. from me persevering through hardship. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got to push through if we want the beautiful things in life. Mm. I heard this one time, I shared this with our staff and I'm going to try to quote it. I might butcher it a little bit, but they said, hard time, hard times create strong men. Yeah. Strong men create good times. Good, good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. And then it starts to cycle over hard times well, create strong men. I think we're in that moment where, where we are seeing, and you, you know, you pointed it out, this, this softness that's in a generation of children mm -hmm. uh, that we have or in, in our country right now, 
that is really producing hard times that, right. that we're noticing. And so now the response that we have to have is to lead ourselves to become mm-hmm. these, these people who are willing to go through hard times and willing to be harder than the hard time. Yeah. The way you make it through a hard time is to be tougher than the hard time. Yeah. Um, I, that it's that grit, uh, mm-hmm. that I don't care what you do. I will not quit. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes hard times to develop grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it just takes a willingness to have it really. You know, every one of us can have grit. Well, you're forced to have grit sometimes. And that's, that's what the hard times create. Right. If you're going to survive, you're going to have grit. Right. That's when the truly hard times come. Yeah. So develop grit. Yeah. All right. So I know we have talked all over the place uh, today. Is America at a place of crumbling? I personally believe it is. Uh, but as I said back in the, back in the beginning of the first episode here, uh, that doesn't mean we cease to exist or anything like that. It doesn't mean the world stops turning. Don't don't lose your mind over that. Um, however, it does mean you need to prepare yourself for the future that is ahead. You need to understand why that it's crumbling before our eyes. Uh, have a different viewpoint. I believe it'd be a Christian viewpoint, but also uh, I, I believe personally it's beyond Christian. It's philosophical. It's 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 just the uh, uh, anthropo- anthropological uh, viewpoint that we should have. Um, and it's the truth. And so understand why, and then take it from understanding why to then now you can be part of the solution, right. not part of the problem. And one of the massive things we're having right now is that people are being part of the problem, not part of the solution. Oftentimes they think they're part of the solution, right. but they're just being part of the problem. And they're just echoing what every newscaster says. If, if you are saying the same thing that's being said on some news channel, <laughs> you're not part of the solution. I promise right. you that. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> All right. I hope you've enjoyed uh, these episodes of creating the future. Hopefully I can bring some more back to you. Uh, you may love me, hate me after this. I don't know. Feel free to email me either way. Look forward to hearing from you. God bless you. See you later. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.